0: welcome to on the record with campaign middle east we're sponsored by facebook and hosted on angami and other platforms i'm austin allison the editor of campaign middle east you can find out more about campaign which is the region's leading media marketing advertising and communications resource at campaignme.com as well as on our social channels today we're going to be looking at discovery commerce which is facebook's way of taking e-commerce to the next level the ways People shop and discover new products have never been more personal and curated, but how do you turn on marketing that meets people where they are? Is there a way to unlock unexpected audiences, provide seamless shopping experiences, and build relationships that last? We're going to talk about the changes we're seeing in the commerce space and the rapid acceleration of digital-first shopping behaviours. We're going to delve into some serendipitous shopping experiences and the importance of creating demand through discovery using a modern kind of marketing that Facebook calls Discovery Commerce. Today I'm joined by Lillian Asaf, who is the head of product marketing for MENA at Facebook, and Mansour Salame, who is retail and e industry partner for MENA at Facebook. Hi guys.
1: Hey. Hi Austin. Hi Austin.
0: So I'm just going to start off. The, the past year has um, seen us, uh, to, put it, to put it mildly, has seen us made some uh, some big changes to the the ways we work, communicate, and uh, and shop, and those changes have been driven often by technology. So I'd like to ask you guys, uh, as commerce e-commerce experts, what new consumer habits have you seen emerge in the in the past year?
1: Definitely, Maybe- thanks, Austin. So we've basically observed three essential new marketing behaviors in this new age of digital marketing. The first one being the mobiles are now the main screen, and this is according to Global Web Index. It's not just for teenagers and millennials, but it's also for all adults. We've actually seen that the fastest growth is amongst people aged 35 and over, and particularly those over 55. So in short, we've seen the mobile usage generation uh, gap close. And in terms of what this means to brands and marketers, it gives them the best opportunity to find new customers and drive growth. In this case, advertising should and must become ever more consumer centric. In terms of second behavior, we've seen that as people become increasingly comfortable shopping online, brands are challenging shopping conventions, even in a more or in more traditional industries. One of the questions that we get asked most often at Facebook is which new behavior will stick and which will revert to their pre-COVID-19 forms? Uh, The evidence tells us that digital purchasing is here to stay. And in this case, it's up to marketers to facilitate frictionless consumer journeys along the marketing funnel. It's clear that marketers must not only make brands easy to buy via physical availability, but they also need to embrace digital availability as well. And in terms of the third shift in behavior, it's actually been reported that 10 years of digital transformation happened in few short months. There are insights from the latest Office of National Statistics report in the UK that was published in June 2020 last year. Basically, did you know that it took 10 years to increase internet sales by 13% from 7 to 20% in total? Yet, in 2020 alone, the same has been achieved in just 5 short months. This wow. is really incredible. So yes, as you said, e-commerce has exploded in 2020. In the last year, in the last 12 months, search has also diversified. Now, the funnel has widened with people looking for new places to buy things that they need. Yet, despite its incredible growth over the last year, e-commerce, as well as search and other forms of intent marketing, they still require customers to know what they're looking for, which means brands have had to reach them via other media before they buy so while they continue to be incredibly important for brands search and e-commerce do not generate demand and we need a new approach to generate demand
0: so i can see how they don't generate demand you don't go and search for something that you don't know exists so what's the solution to that
1: well at facebook we call this new approach discovery commerce
0: okay what is that then Yes. Is, I mentioned it at the start, but I'm still unclear on, on what Definitely. exactly.
1: So Discovery, Discovery Commerce is actually a system of Facebook tools powered by data and machine learning, and that anticipates customer needs and matches products with the people most likely to love them. Basically, it offers a frictionless shopping, but with fewer taps.
0: So how does it differ from e-commerce as we, as we know it?
1: Yeah, so I would say, like, if I were to say it in simpler terms, e-commerce is about people finding products, discovery commerce is about products finding people. And if I can maybe shed light with the recent research uh, from Facebook IQ, it showed that 39% of people that weren't intentionally shopping when they discovered a product on a Facebook platform. And we're actually seeing a transformative shift in the way people discover and buy. If we take Netflix uh, or Spotify, for example, 80% of the content consumption on those platforms are driven by recommendation or recommendation engines that give you a personalized experience. So you can think of discovery commerce in a way that it works in a very similar way. Just as Netflix and Spotify suggest relevant shows and tracks so do instagram and facebook by offering up brands and products that are likely to appeal to people based on you know their interests and behavior and if i can also put it in an opportunity as per the world bank uh, they cited in the economist future of retail report at around 4.2 trillion us dollars globally intent e-commerce is undoubtedly a huge opportunity but with consumer spending at 15 times the value of e-commerce spending, the opportunity for Discovery Commerce is actually 65.5 trillion US dollars.
0: Is that 15 times or is that half of that 15? Is that like, because you said- well, Yeah,
1: one five, 15, yeah.
0: 15 wow. times, yeah. Um, so how does, the, how does Discovery Commerce then fit into the sort of the current marketing mix? Um, um, can I go to Alex with bringing Mansoor on this one?
2: Sure, Austin. So uh, see, marketing has always been about helping people find the right product at the right place, where personalization is a key element of it. So what Discovery Commerce system has done is that it took personalization to the next level. Let me explain. With Discovery Commerce, businesses can take the next step and go beyond uh, what traditional marketing used to be about. So it's not just about meeting the customer's need, but really anticipating and predicting them. So technology has evolved marketing and the old ways of targeting have been disrupted. Uh, New age marketeers know that and marketing by demographic is falling behind. So instead of relying on super granular targeting to define their audiences, the most advanced advertisers on digital platforms like Facebook, they do trust its wealth of knowledge. So they trust that machine learning will reach and help reach the right person with the right ad at the right time.
0: So it's really about sort of uh, about steering, well, you're not steering the consumer, you're finding, you're, you're sort of, you're finding the consumer where they, where they are at the time.
2: Exactly, so it's uh, in a nutshell using technology, data and artificial intelligence in order to help reach the right customer at the right time. Like Liliane has mentioned, it's about products finding people rather than uh, people finding helping people finding their products.
0: So, so who should be who should be sort of leading on discovery commerce? Is this an, an agency thing? Is this a, a Facebook thing? Is this brand managers? You know, where's the who should be steering this?
2: so it is a, a teamwork it's a collaboration of partners uh, depending on where uh, we are in the stage of uh, developing discovery commerce but in a nutshell it takes obviously uh, the client uh, us as well as the agency even agency if involved and in the on the client side specifically where the bulk of the work is done it takes few de- it takes few departments to work together one of them uh, whatever they are uh, however they are labeled uh, under Uh, It is basically the team looking uh, after product and tech development, which looks after improving uh, the uh, digital proprietary assets from app to uh, websites and developing them. Uh, Also, besides that, uh, the logistics and delivery team to make sure that all uh, dots are connected and they are able to uh, to fulfill the products and deliver it at the right time in the most seamless manner. Uh, also the sales team will be uh, able to support uh, and the marketing team to channel insights from con- uh, customers and fuel that and infuse it into their uh, marketing campaigns in order to create impactful uh, ones
0: L- Lillian, you're uh, you're nodding in uh, in agreement here um so what else so we're talking about sort of making the um the sort of the supply side more seamless and things what else should uh, um should brands and their agencies do to sort of kickstart uh, discovery commerce to sort of get going in this
1: yeah definitely thanks Austin and thanks Mansoor for this great context. so I want to start from the end by saying what we want people to be seeing and then from there what the agencies and and marketers and uh, brands should be preparing from their end. So for people using Facebook's platforms, discovery should feel simple and delightful and a nice journey. So they can discover new products and learn about them as well as be able to purchase them quickly and easily. I'm stressing on those two things wherever they are. So coming back to what in what brands and agencies need to do in order to accomplish that. They need to be turning on discovery commerce, but they need to do it by activating four key areas, the first one being personalization. And probably you've heard us talk about personalization before, and it's still the case, they need to personalize their campaigns through a very strong media setup and a signals resilience strategy. Second, they need to be inspiring their potential consumer with strong creative and experiences. Third, of course, convert and retain customers. They can do that by optimizing the path they create to serve people and, of course, the brand's objective as well. And then finally, they need to learn and optimize, which is a very key uh, component. And it's about leveraging tools to sharpen and improve and evolve their marketing uh, practices.
0: Excellent. Let's- um, so that's four four points. I, lo- I love that uh, discovery should be simple and delightful. I think that's a great phrase. Yes,
1: that
0: use, that, <laughs> definitely. Maybe the first delightful is a term that's not used often enough in marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's look into those four things: personalize, inspire, conversion, retain, learn, and optimize. Um, can we start with personalize? Uh, what does that mean? Um, who wants to take this, Mansoor?
2: Yes, uh, Austin. Let me unpack this uh, for you. So uh, uh, personalization. When we talk about personalization uh, or when brands think about personalization, they should aspire to create uh, real connections and deep connections and uh, deliver better experiences. This requires them to connect people to what they want, whether through friends, creators and experts who can really inspire and educate them and uh, incentivize them to take an action. It also requires them to use data signals to better understand customers and make their shopping experiences more personalized relevant and uh, informed and again actions uh, include several uh, one of many uh, uh, points uh, and i can include few like reaching be able to use the right technology the right marketing tech uh, technology which includes the pixels the sdks the conversion api to help reach the right people at the right uh, moments or empowering data to flow freely and effectively by designing simple campaign structure for accounts, uh, getting the most out of your budget by letting it flow uh, to opportunities with the greatest potential. And uh, with all of that, it's really important to use the technology to uh, scale those personalized experiences to reach as many people as possible at scale, while in a personalized uh, way in order to drive the top as well as the bottom line of the business.
0: Okay. yeah, so, you've, so you've, you've now personalised the messaging. How, what, about in, what about inspiring, uh, using it to inspire?
2: Again, uh, inspiration should be seamless. So we're used to thinking about advertising as being interrupted, breaking into your favourite TV shows uh, or radio stations. Uh, but part of the joy of window shopping is really uh, where you're ex- experiencing the joy of shopping uh, while doing other stuff like uh, walking along with your friends, having a conversation, and all of that. And in, uh, in the Facebook family of apps, uh, that actually happens. So while you are enjoying conversations with your friends, family, you're also enjoying the opportunity to explore uh, new brands. And great creatives help in that. So brands must aim to generate demand, and as Lillian mentioned, delight consumers. This starts ahead of search. It moves from showing people exactly what they're looking for to what
0: will delight them. Well, this this is good news for um, for creative agencies then who are hearing the sort of the talk of machine learning and and artificial intelligence and uh, might be worrying that that there a lot of the sort of a lot of this is going to be automated. There's still that it boils down to sort of the the idea and a a nice you know a nice creative touch, like you said behind behind the scenes that there's. uh, you know, that's sort of simple, solid creatives, not necessarily high-tech productions, but, but it's still the idea has got to be spot on. Absolutely. So, so once you've, uh, you've personalised and you've inspired, how do you convert and retain?
1: Basically, like an easy omnichannel purchase experience is important for all online e commerce, but it is especially for discovery commerce. If you think about it, these customers had not yet planned to purchase from you. This isn't appointment commerce where they know what they need and when they need it. For customers who could discover your brand at any time or in any place, the process needs to be even more seamless and frictionless as we mentioned earlier. And you will hear us mention those two words a lot because that's the case. First of all, removing friction should be on both sides. So first of all, let's start with the brand side. An example would be, Ensuring good site speed, ensuring there are no errors in the in the journey and the consumer journey, a good user experience, uh, ease of navigation, and so on and so forth. From our side. The brand and the agency, they need to be leveraging the right tools, for example, that would be setting up a catalog and I, and I can talk about that uh, in details if we need to uh, setting up a Facebook shop both Instagram, on both Instagram and Facebook, depending where their presence is. Uh, they can do this through a tool called Commerce Manager. Of course, they can use our in-app features such as product tags, uh, where they tag specific products in, uh, in an image or a video, and the Shops tab as well, where people can click on it to see more products they might be interested in. So it's important to establish this organic presence. Like posting stories as well with product tags inviting and inspiring people to know more about your brand and the different products you have a great thing a brand can do is collaborate with creators who can bring synergy you know to their own products and then if we move to advertising in this case then uh, you know they can leverage things like ads for shops dynamic advertising optimizing for conversions there's a lot more in this space but these are just uh, some highlights
0: that seamless and frictionless thing seems to be key. And it's what you were talking about earlier as well, when you are saying yeah. that all the different sides of the company from you know, from uh, things like procurement and delivery and all that has to come mm-hmm. together as well, that, that the idea is sort of yeah. to make it, it's, back to, it's making it delightful, isn't it? Easy and delightful. So, yes. um, um, and finally, I think the, the fourth of the four points is to learn and optimize who's learning and who's optimizing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, just the title itself gives it away, right? Because if you're, it's very important and I think any performance marketer already knows this We're we're preaching to the choir here, it's a very important tactic. So performance tracking can steer a campaign in the right direction. If you just run something and not monitor it, you know, we don't know what's happening. So it's very important to continue to learn and optimize. Now, how do you do that and how can brands do that? It's, you know, they can do things like trying to understand the incremental impact of their ads. They can also uh, run lift studies uh, as well as they can do A-B tests. A-B tests are great to understand you know, what creative works better than the other, what optimization technique works better than the other. And you know, we can think of uh, another. Uh, so many other examples uh, to run this. They can do these th- sort of uh, tests with um, Facebook as well as measurement partners, and they can help them basically understand what works better. So basically, there is a lot that can be done and they will need to find the best approach. And usually this is when they come and they speak to our Facebook partners to understand more about what would be the best for them to understand impact and also compare different strategies.
0: Now, obviously, this is sort of all within the Facebook ecosystem and, um, you know, there's an awful lot you can do there. But is it going to, is Discovery Commerce going to replace a brand's existing e-commerce strategy?
1: It complements it. It's, it's a complementary to what the businesses are doing on the e-commerce front. And I would say it must, it's also a much easier lift for businesses that already have an e-commerce setup because a lot of the infrastructure can be leveraged to start creating, uh, the, You know, as I mentioned, the catalog. Most of them probably already have a catalog if they have an e-commerce website. So you can take this and from there, you can you know create a shop for Facebook or Instagram. And just to highlight quickly what a catalog is, it's basically a list of their products SKU's, inventory, you know, shape, size, price, photo, anything you can think of that is an information about that product. So it's a technical thing, but that it's a good infrastructure that helps them extend to the Facebook's ecosystem. And, uh, as I mentioned, you know, earlier, I'm not going to repeat it, but there's a lot that they can do on the organic front and also on the advertising, uh, front as well. And if they take all of these steps, they will hopefully be able to activate discovery commerce that will then enable people to find their brand and their products. And that would be you know generating demand, which is crucial uh, at this stage. Uh,
0: what are the sort of what are the other main challenges to setting up uh, discovery commerce? It seems to me that a lot of this involves uh, knowing an awful lot about your uh, your consumers. Um, we've been talking about sort of uh, personalizing things and so on. and yet uh, at the moment uh, we're losing cookies, uh, there's new advertiser policies. This sounds like it's just going to make it harder. Is that not a big stumbling
2: block? The short answer is yes. Uh, Let me elaborate further and also shed more light into uh, different challenges that these companies are facing. So here in MENA, retail and e-commerce businesses specifically, because I work on this uh, book of business, they want to find new customers and give themselves the best opportunity to grow. Might not have the bandwidth or resources to be able to capture more and better signals about their audiences. So in addition to the regulations and policies, this is also because most retail and e-commerce firms do not have dedicated marketing technology specialists to take care of their signal resiliency. They end up depending on product, their own internal product and tech development teams in order to do that. And these teams specifically have different priorities. So the right way in order to mitigate this challenge is to hire the right marketing tech team or if it's not possible at the moment to outsource it. So Facebook offers a, an ecosystem of partners that can work closely with those uh, advertisers in order to help them uh, build this technology.
0: When you're looking at, a, if you're working with a new partner, what's the, what's the job title that you're, that you're looking for on their sort of roster that, make, that makes you know that they've, they've got things in place? What's the sort of job title that people should be hiring for to, to do this?
2: So it's a marketing tech specialists, people right. who uh, work with uh, technologies uh, with third party partners where they, they can implement it on uh, the retailer or e-commerce website and make sure it is connected to their measurement platform so they have the full stack right in place.
0: We've been talking about the how e-commerce, social commerce and all sorts of commerce have evolved massively during the last year. Um, so, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that we've not reached the end point, that maybe there might be some evolution ahead. Um, so I'm going to ask you to sort of gaze into your crystal ball and uh, tell us where, where do you think we're going?
2: Nobody can predict the future, but uh, we have a bit of input that can guide us on where things are heading in terms of technology. So again, as a guiding principles, uh, businesses are using tech to add further excitement uh, to the shopping process through personalization and convenience, right? So in principle, it's trying to bring in successful shopping scenarios, which is already taking place inside the store and move it to the on- online world where a higher level of convenience and personalization can be experienced by the end consumer. As an example, think about people discovering new brands and products uh, via a live post on Facebook, when they can see the sales uh, person actually showcasing the product in in an interactive manner. And again, if they want to reach out to them directly, they can reach out via WhatsApp and speak to the salesperson. And then after they buy the product, if they want to swap it or return it, again, there is an easy way through messaging in order to uh, return it. Um, Story short, all this impacts uh, positively new customer acquisition as well as retention. Which drives overall incremental sales. In relation to that, marketing, which is a key element, is now seen more of a revenue opportunity and not a cost. It's it is an element that's adding uh, to the to the to the commercial impact of the business.
0: Is that actually changing? Because that's always been that's always been the criticism, hasn't it? For all marketers, lament that they're seen as a as a cost, not a revenue opportunity. But do you think this is actually making that helping push that shift?
2: So I believe traditionally uh, it was sought in this way, but in practice it didn't because you didn't have the technology to, to enable you to measure uh, the impact of sales out of your marketing campaigns, where nowadays this is available. And indeed, in a, in a, in a study by McKinsey uh, in 2021, it showed 83% of CEOs look to marketing as a growth engine for their business, and they're realizing this even more and more nowadays because the technology has improved big time. So again, on the marketing side of things, turning marketing into a revenue opportunity means that uh, we as marketeers, agencies, and brand teams need to close the gap between content, culture, and commerce and find new audiences through machine learning driving incremental sales. If brands and agencies recognize the new behaviors, then we can expect some changes. First, as media has accelerated, brands will revisit and challenge audience planning. Second, as people grow increasingly comfortable buying online, brands will understand that they need to challenge category shopping conventions. And lastly, businesses will realize that the biggest opportunity is not in capturing people's intent, but rather in creating it with discovery commerce.
0: Excellent. Okay, and uh, Lillian. That's a hard act to follow. What do you see uh, gazing into the future? What What do you read in your read in the runes?
1: Yeah. So um, we we are you know we're seeing one huge trend that we need to be ready for, and it is the rise of experiential online shopping. There is a lot of great things about online shopping, but it still hasn't really offered the joy that the best physical stores can give
0: people. It's very practical, so, isn't it? You go, you go to a shop for the enjoyment, you you yes. get your necessities on online.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you know, the customer care, the as as Mansoor mentioned earlier, the beautiful displays, the inspiration. Yeah. So it's all of that. So how can we do the same, but online? Um, I can give an example, like, you know, in the past year, we've seen brands being incredibly creative and they were exploring how they can bring beauty and fun, and even a bit of magic to online shopping. Uh, we've seen brands and creators also use the power of augmented reality. You know, a quick example would be beauty and uh, using a lipstick, for example, with the augmented reality and see how that looks on you. Uh, artificial intelligence to provide immersive, personalized online experiences. And not too far in the future, you could also have AI lifestyle assistants that can help you What's with your, your AI shopping assistant. exactly you know like an assistant they will know your wardrobe your personal style and you just think of how efficient this also can become with time when they have of this information for you so it becomes much easier and easier they can know your body shape and then they can recommend items that would suit you and uh, we've already seen and mansoor touched on this we've seen brands already leverage our messaging apps you know by using bots uh bots messaging uh in order to create such experiences and then as well in the future we at the beginning we started on this we said that Facebook shops is currently working with Facebook and Instagram, but it will start working with WhatsApp and messenger. So you can already see how this is all becoming a full circle that works together. So yes, there's a lot that can be done here.
0: Excellent. Well, we're almost out of time. Um, so I'm going to ask you just finally, uh, one piece of advice to brands wanting to future proof, uh, future proof themselves and make the most of discovery commerce. Um, I'll go back to you, Mansur. Sure.
2: So, so uh, I would definitely recommend them to learn more about uh, the discovery commerce system on our platforms by visiting facebook.me/discoverycommerce. Uh, not only the clients, also their agencies, partners, anybody involved on the uh, on their marketing teams. Uh, there, uh, there is a full explanation on the system. There is also training modules that they can access and learn all about this solutions that is currently helping uh, advertisers, advertisers deliver on their marketing, as well as business objectives.
0: Excellent. Lillian?
1: Uh, yeah. So if I were to sum up Discovery Commerce, I want to say two things. It's about leveraging the right tools to generate demand by driving discovery of your products. And two, making sure that they provide a frictionless yeah, I'm back to that word and a pleasant and delightful experience you know on all fronts as well. whether it's Uh, you know, at the store or online or in their shop, et cetera. So this is a, or there is an ever accelerating shift to digital. And this provides incredible opportunities for brands. As we touched on earlier, the future of commerce will belong to those who are best prepared to seize it. You know, it's not a surprise to say something like this. And I personally can't wait to see what brands and their agencies will come up with.
0: Excellent. So, I, let me just check that I got this down. The the link that Mansour mentioned was um, fb.me slash discovery commerce. Um, yes. Excellent. I think we're going to try and put a link in the uh, podcast description for that. Um, and obviously, they should reach out to you guys on social media through Facebook, things like that, because uh, you're the, the resident experts. Um, so, I think that's uh, That's all we've got time for, unfortunately. Uh, There's a a lot more to talk about this, and I I think we'll be talking more about, touching more of this in future podcasts and so on. But um, uh, I'd just like to thank you both very much indeed. This has been really interesting. Um, And uh, thanks to our listeners. Uh, You've been listening to On The Record with Campaign Middle East, where I was joined by Lillian Asaf, who is the uh, Head of Product Marketing at Mina for Facebook, and Mansour Salama, who is the retail and e-com industry partner of Facebook. Facebook's also the sponsor of our podcast. Thanks, guys. And um, we're hosted on Angami, on Angami, among other platforms. Find and follow us on Angami for more insight from me and my guests on all things media, marketing, and advertising in the region. Uh, I've been Austin Allison, the editor of Campaign Middle East. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you very much, and goodbye.